welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziotti, Senior Web Editor here at CI. Hope you enjoyed our special Halloween episode last week where integrators shared their stories of being scared on a job site. If you didn't hear that episode, well, Halloween may be over, but it's always interesting to review a little fear in the workplace. It was definitely an interesting episode to make, and I appreciate everyone who submitted to it. This week, though, on AV+, we're focusing on just how much classroom AV solutions have changed this year and making the case for why projection shouldn't be counted out when it comes to distance learning. We'll hear from Rich McPherson and Ryan Paterl from NEC, and since there's not much to report in AV News this week, we'll get to that conversation right now. So we've seen a lot of changes uh, in the classroom environment this year. That's an understatement, but uh, obviously distance learning has been a big trend in 2020, more than it ever has been uh, for obvious reasons. But I was wondering if you guys could tell me about, you know, what changes in the education space that you think are most important for integrators to focus on as the uh, pandemic continues into the new year. I mean, I know the future is still kind of up in the air as to where everything will be and then how many people will be back in school. But in general, what are you seeing? I, I think in general classrooms, you know, administrators are just looking at, at ways to maximize their space. You know, it really was something that, you know, uh, people didn't, couldn't necessarily plan or prepare for, but now that they're being faced with it, they're really having to, to reimagine and relook at, at everything that's in, in the classroom itself. So everything is, everything is sort of under scrutiny. It's under a microscope. Is it really necessary? What's the function of that? What's the purpose of this? And to create that really purposeful space is kind of where it all begins. Um, you know, of course, right now we're in the midst of social distancing. And so spreading students across the room and really all four corners is, um, is a necessity right now. And so that means, is that bookshelf, is that table, is that, is that rug, you know, is everything, is everything in the, in the classroom purposeful or functional? And so I was wondering, you know, if you've seen any particularly interesting or unique solutions for distance learning uh, from your integrator partners who are serving either K through 12 or, you know, higher ed. Yeah, and I mean, one of the big trends that we're watching is as, you know, the space is being sort of reimagined and students are being spread throughout the room is that there's a need for larger screens when it comes to um, visual displays, right? It's it's, um, students in the back of the room need to be able to see it. And so where, you know, they, they may have been able to get away with a, an 80 or 90 inch screen in the past, now really 100, 110, 120 inch for, you know, for a K-12 classroom. And then, you know, even bigger for a, a, a higher education classroom or, or certainly larger for a lecture hall. But it's, it's you know, with, the, with this new normal of, of students being spread across the room to create that social distance, there is a need for, for larger screens. So we're seeing that, that trend. We're also, I think, seeing multiple displays being used in the room. There's this term hybrid learning and high flex learning. And that involves students who are not only in the classroom participating, but also joining remotely. And so having multiple displays 
across or around the room um, sort of allows uh, a, a teacher, an instructor to sort of create this, this space that maybe in the front of the room, they're showing content on the sides. Um, they're showing video feeds from students joining remotely. Um, in the back where maybe in the past you'd seen like a confidence monitor or something back there. Now that's being utilized to show students um, who are joining remotely. And it truly sort of really kind of kind of changes the way that, you know, that classroom is being used. Um, and of course, all of these displays, you know, can be can be used when it's not a high flex model. They can still be used to just share content or to, you know, to put up a, a camera feed um, or, or something else, right? So there's there's also the, the idea that a lot of the technology is being reimagined. So it's not like, you know, maybe maybe right now they're not using these interactive touch panels for for small group collaboration, right? There isn't really a, a whole lot of people that are saying, kids come together, let's all touch this screen right now, right? <laughs> but it turns out those interactive displays, even the 65 and 75 inch displays, are great teaching tools. They're great, they're great for a, a teacher to use. Um, again, in these hybrid or high flex learning scenarios. So it's it's multiple displays, it's larger displays, and it's sort of reimagining, at least for now, the the use of, of the displays. Um, and certainly there's a lot of other technology that goes into the classroom from microphone systems and camera systems, and we could go on and on about, about that. But so we're talking a lot about displays, but I was wondering, both of you do specialize in your ways, in your own way, in, in, with projection. So I was wondering, while I have you two here, if you could tell me a bit more about how projection can, you know, the role that projection can play in these, you know, educational spaces right now. Yeah, I'll do just a little and I'll let Ryan kind of jump in. But sure. when we're, I, I know we're using the word displays. For us, we, we consider projection a display as well, right? It's just a, it's a projection display instead of the, the nomenclature of a, a large format display or LCD exactly. display. Yeah, so we we're saying when we say display, right? <laughs> we're just using it as, as everything, right? Yeah. Anything that is utilized to provide information to the students, whether whatever that medium is. So we consider whether it's DVLED, whether it's LCD, or whether it's a projector, everything to us is a display, just to kind of clarify that. So when we say that, we're not necessarily referring to the fact that there's LCDs in there in the room. Yes, there may be. They may be augmenting the main screen in the front of the room, which typically is going to be a projector because we have to have something, a larger image as Ryan talked about. So you're not going to get that with other displays unless you go with basically a video wall, which in a K through 12 space is not, you know, a really cost effective solution. So it's really cost prohibitive compared to what you can get with a projector. So that's why when we're saying that as far as a display. So Ryan, you want to talk to the other part of the question? When it comes to projection specifically, I mean, obviously Rich nailed it. It's, it's the, the, the best or most cost effective way, I should say, to achieve a large screen. And for us, a large screen is, is really 100 inches or more. You know, um, you know certainly there's, there's, there's uh, LCD displays that are 86, 98 inches. Those, those really aren't, aren't all that affordable for, 
for most education classrooms. Um, certainly K-12 would be hard pressed to be able to afford an 86 or a 98, um, possibly some higher education uh, uh, classrooms would be able to, to, to afford a display that's that large. Um, but really to get a display 100 inches or more, which, you know, again, we feel is a necessity in most of these classrooms that you have students now spread out across the room, we're talking 100 plus, so 100 inch, 110, 120. Um, again, in, in, the, in the lecture halls, it gets much larger than that even um, for higher education customers. But it's really the most affordable way to get a large screen. And so that's really, I think, where we see projection continuing to be an important an important display, if you will, in, in, in really all classrooms. Uh, you know, again, whether or not there are other types of display technology throughout the room, certainly we, um, we've seen desktop displays uh, for individualized learning and we've seen interactive displays, again, for those small group collaboration opportunities, you know, when everything comes kind of goes kind of back or in the meantime uh, to be used by a teacher uh, or again, just, just maybe a, a 55 or 65 in the back, either as a confidence monitor to sort of see, um, to sort of see the students that might be joining remotely. You know, again, even in that situation, uh, we can use projection to sort of create an entire wall of images, if you will. Um, and, and again, so that just kind of depends on, on the individual classroom and the, and the space that's provided. But certainly it's, uh, it's, a, it's still a, a, a very important way to, to get a large image at an affordable price. Do you think you, t you guys could describe a sort of ideal scenario for uh, you know, projectors being used in these environments and then also why they make sense, uh, again, for a pricing and maybe also a maintenance perspective? Yeah, so I mean, look, if, if I could design a classroom, right, I put, uh, you know, I'd put a projector up in the ceiling pointed towards the front of the room, uh, 120 inch or so screen, right? 110, 120 inch or so screen, maybe an interactive display next to that, you know, for the teacher to use. And I haven't met a teacher yet that wants to sit behind their computer at a desk, right? A lot of times they want to be up, they want to be in front of the room, interacting with the class um, in sort of close proximity to the students, right? And, and so to have that as a, as a teaching device. Um, and then again, another projector on the back wall for, um, you know, again, for content for those students, maybe in the back corner that, uh, that has a little bit better view, you know, of, of, of that particular wall. I've been in classrooms where I've seen projectors on all four, believe it or not. And, uh, and obviously we realize that's a significant investment, but, um, but you know, that's kind of the, 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 the supreme when it comes to flexibility and just being able to really kind of maximize the space and, and really use, you know, the, the, the technology um, to the full extent. A few years ago now, of course, of, of laser has changed the thought process of, you know, projectors in a classroom. It was going in the direction of customers didn't want to deal with the maintenance concerns and replacing lamps and things to that effect, where in today's world, that's almost not a concern. And we say that both on the lamp and the laser base side of things because you have lamp-based projectors in a K through 12 environment that are up to 15,000 hours of lifetime. You have lasers that are up to 20 plus thousand hours. If we look at eco mode, it could be, you know, 
30, 35,000 hours. So that respect, the, the cost concern from a maintenance standpoint is huge. They don't have to have to worry about that at all. Beyond that, there's the other factor of having maintenance. We're, we won't say truly maintenance-free because nothing is completely maintenance-free. And that because the reason for that is it depends on the environment, right? So, but for us, the, a big issue is having projectors that don't have any filters. And we can, we can talk to that because with our LCD-based projectors and DLP-based projectors, both sets that are laser formats, they, they don't have filters. And the reason is we have sealed optical engines internal that we don't need to that have an, their own cooling system. So that cooling system doesn't rely on pulling all the air from external to the projector in across the, the panels themselves to get it cool. So you're actually doing two things. You're cooling the system internal, but then you're not, by not pulling extra air in as much as we used to have to be required with a lamp base, you're not pulling as much dust into the unit. So then there's not as much clogging in the filters or the, the fins on the ex outside of the projectors, not filters, but the fins. So it, it reacts more like an, an LCD where you're not pulling in as much outside air to cool the engine inside. And so we, we just say that it's virtually maintenance-free because of the fact that if it's a dirtier environment, yes, you have to clean that once in a while. But if it's not, then you don't have to worry about that. If you look at that in the higher education environments, what happens there? Not everything is, is mounted to, mounted, it will see mounted, but it's sitting in the back of a lecture hall in a mm -hmm. projection booth that may be on the ceiling. A majority of them are going to be going to be on the ceiling. If they don't put a lift in, a built-in lift, then they have to pull out either large ladders, a genie lift or something to that effect, or even scaffolding just to get to the projector to, to do any kind of maintenance, yep. whether it's, you know, replacing lamps, a laser projector that does have filters, they still have to take care of those units. So what we've built into our systems, we don't have to worry in, in the same kind of fashion. So yeah, that, that cost is, is huge, plus potential downtime in the room. If, if there's any issues. Talk to a school and ask them what their lamp budget was, their annual lamp budget was about five, six years ago, right, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a significant number. And so with, that, with, that, with that, that expense, with that budget freed up for other things, realistically, I think that's how you start to sort of justify and be able to afford, again, just adding all the rest of the, the, the technology um, to really outfit these classrooms so that they're they're purposeful, so that they're useful and and different environments. You know, this environment that we're in now is going to pass, right? But um, to be able to have the technology in there that's flexible enough to be used, whether they're in person or whether the class is in person or remote, is um, is I think going to be is going to be useful for, for many many.